This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by Shift Podcast by Alberta Innovates. Shift showcases the work being done in the province's innovation ecosystem, everything from health to clean energy. Join hosts Katie Dean and John Hagen as they interview the researchers, entrepreneurs, and businesses that are shifting our perspective about innovation in the province. Recent episodes included talks on increasing cybersecurity and creativity when being an entrepreneur. Find Shift Podcast by Alberta Innovates wherever you listen to podcasts or at shift.albertainnovates.ca. That's shift.albertainnovates.ca. Enjoy the show. District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. And we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. And of course, we are also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome back this week. Um, I have no idea what we're going to talk about this week. It's been a slow day for news, but uh, we'll try and work our way through it. Um, I, I, I'm so glad that uh, we still have people that we can meet up with and chat football about. And uh, in, in there, there is a positive. There is a win that we will talk about. But uh, we also have an amazing guest. So let's get first to all of the wonderful regular gang, starting with the one and only. Oh, look at that. Superfan Mike is just a big S. Neat. Again? That's... Oh, no. Uh-oh, turn your camera off and back on again, Superfan. Yeah, I, I have... Uh... Do you that's see him? Weird. Oh, right here. I just see. I just. Well, you know, it, the S, is, it's like Superman, Superfan. It's, it, we feel, you know, like it's, it's all right there. Let's, let, uh, while we wait for that, I'll, sure. I'll watch for that. Let's go over to Commissioner Kayla, who is also an S. What is going on here? Oh, my goodness. Oh. We are getting lots of fun here. Let's try this. Hang on a second. Fine, it's fine. Oh, who put us who put us in dragging. the mode? Somebody put us in together mode what? for some reason. And that would be a problem. Change it to grid So let's mode go back to back. let's go back here. Now let's try this. Nope. <laughs> there! Hey, I, I can see Commissioner! I can see Commissioner! We're working! We're working. Hey, late, hey, nice hat. Uh just a moment. Oh, look it. We do see Natea J who is joining us today. How are you doing, Natea? Oh, fantastic. It's always a pleasure to join you guys, like family to me. And, uh, you know, since I've moved back to, you know, Toronto, I haven't seen a lot of my Edmonton Elks family. And it's uh, it, it feels so good to see you guys. Oh, that's the, uh, we're so nice glad you could be here. Now, let's see if everyone else is, is now showing up. Let's see. We've got Commissioner. Who is? Oh, there she is! Look at this. We've got uh, the Stingers hat on. We've got oh, you know who that in the background. Yeah, yes. yeah. You were you were at uh, all the games, right? For yeah, like the the championship weekend. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, that must have been pretty amazing to be there yesterday when they won. Oh yeah, it was such a okay. You know me and like 
blowouts. I find them a little bit mundane. You know, I like the anxiety where I kind of want to throw up because I'm just anticipating the game. But in the long run, we won, so that's all that matters. But it was a lot of fun. That really is. Yeah. (laughs) The semifinal game was intense. So I got yeah, my Yeah, that my one was close, moment. right? Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite close. Elo Mendings are the bomb. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was outstanding. Um okay, let's try this now and see. Do we have four people? Oh no, we have three people and an S. Oh, poor super fan. <laughs> just the- Can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. Yes. Well, we just, just put can. some jantlers on that S and it'll be close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sure there's somebody that is working on putting jantlers on there. We need that as an OBS thing where you can just add jantlers <laughs> on to anybody. That would be That'd amazing. Be fantastic. Yeah. But wait, exactly. no. Uh, Instagram has that. Uh, I tried it the other day. Instagram has it where you can uh, – I'll show it to you. I actually did it with my little girl where you can add them. <laughs> oh, you can add the, el- the elk's antlers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen – yeah. Here, let me, Here we let me find it. Look, wait, 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 wait. Check this out. All right, can you see? Uh, there you oh, go. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh my god, she's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, look, we have a super fan back. Yay, <laughs> super fan. Where's the gentlers? Let's see them now. There they Atta are. boy. Jazz the antlers to get things that's, going. Hey, that's that's what we again, need. Again, I turned it off. Turn it back on again. Hey, it's like you're in IT or something. It's almost like <laughs> it's weird. Just call me yeah. Pennywise. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Nate, you um, have uh, some exciting news over the past couple of weeks as you have now joined TSN 1050 Radio uh, doing color. And let me tell you, it was super cool to hear you. Wander- <laughs> <laughs> like I went back and read and listened again after. I'm yeah. like, this is so awesome. To- I know the guy doing that. Uh, and you did an amazing job, man. Uh, it's yes. great- congrats on that. It, it it's, looks like it's going to be an amazing fit. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know if you caught it, but there was so many times where I was like super excited. And uh, especially when DeVaris was doing his thing. And there were times where I would say stuff in my head, like how I'd be watching as a fan. And then I would catch myself like after the fact saying it actually out loud. And I was like, no, I didn't actually mean to say that. That was just in my head. I can't believe it came out. But uh, no, it was super fun. It was a, a, it was a blast. It was like Everything you love about game day without you know, the fear of getting hit by another athletic <laughs> human being, you know? So it was fun. It was fun. I had lots of fun doing it. I, uh, it, I can't even believe they're paying me to do that. I would do that for free. Well, don't tell them that. <laughs> yeah, don't. Hey, de- delete yeah. that part. <laughs> this is, I was going to say, this is on YouTube Live. I don't know how I can fix that. but uh, <laughs> You're all sleeping in Toronto. Don't worry. I bet, I bet it's, it's, it's late for them. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's that's fair. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you've been. How's the how's the family? How are how are things going uh, being back in Toronto? And, and I know you, you know, obviously with the retirement, but how, how are things going? Good. Um, in July, we had a new addition to the family. So we've got Congrats. three little girls now. And that was probably, yeah, thank you so much. That was probably one of the biggest reasons why um, I decided to retire. Like with the year off, family just became like such a big, I mean, I was already a big family guy, but it just became such a big part of uh, my life, you know, just doing all the little things like school drop offs, making lunches, having tea parties, watching Disney movies, all those little <laughs> things, you know what I mean? So it's the thought of like playing again and having us, you know, because when you're playing, you got to be all in and 
you know, so you sacrifice a lot of time, not just during the season, but in the off season, like training and, and all those things. So, you know, when uh, we didn't have the season last year and, you know, I started the podcast, I started getting like other media inquiries and I was like, and then other stuff outside of football, it just, it was adding up to the point where, you know, I kind of, not the fire was gone, but the desire to be home was, you know, burning brighter than, you know, you know the opportunity to play. So, um, I was, you know, more than happy to retire and spend more time with the family, but stay connected to the game while, you know, doing the broadcast, right? So, and I found out that, you know, I'm just as excited to do the broadcast as I was playing. So it kind of tells me I'm, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I should say so. That's, you're the sweetest girl dad I've ever seen. Like your Instagram just makes my heart explode. And you should see my wife, Kayla. She's like all all the girls. I'm like half of that. You should see hers. It's okay, so I'm going to follow her right now. I, I think it's going to be very important that on Instagram we see one of these tea parties soon. Oh, I think that's the important part. I got you. I got you. Have a tea okay. I'll, you. I'll tag you in it. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that. So now that you did make the decision to retire, did it feel a little weird when training camp was starting and, and people that you've been playing with are back yeah. in, in camps and everything else? How did it feel for you? Yeah, I feel like if it was a regular year, it would have been um, almost – I would have missed it a lot more. But the fact that we had the year off, it almost felt like, you know, we're all retired for a year, right? And then, right. you know, a lot of guys, you know, decided to hang them up. But, you know, I had like a year to almost prepare for how I'd feel when, you know, training camp would come by or the first game of the season would come by um, and how I'd feel. And I was like, last year I missed it so much, you know, because I was still in that mode of playing. And then once I uh, decided to shut it down, I knew it was the best thing uh, for me and the family. It was, it was, it wasn't hard at all. It wasn't hard because I knew I'd still be going to the games and, and still being involved. Um, but every time, like, honestly, I thought I'd miss it a lot more, but I don't. I miss the locker room, though, like the jokes sure. like the, the, with the guys. That's what I miss the most because I'll be at home trying to, you know, put, uh, do pranks with the little girls. And, you know, the, and the reaction is just not the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, getting mad at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm not know. working out the same way. Dumping the Gatorade over top of one of your daughters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll call all the guys. I'll call Trevor, Tavon, all those guys. And, you know, just you know, tell, what's, what's going on in the locker room? You know, so, just uh, yeah, it's got, you know, it's me in, and uh, yeah, we're all good. But that's what I miss the most. But um, other than like the playing part, I love playing. I love the competition, but it's just yeah. It, it, I don't know. I I still time time time. I'm like, man, I wish I was. You know, I could run that route or do this. But just knowing what I'd have to give up to do it, it just made it. It made it easy. You know. I yeah, want to totally know something then. Going back into the locker room, what was your greatest prank you ever played and on who? Okay, let me let's go to another question. I I got a few that I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back because it's been like two years since I've been in the locker room, right? So so like one that comes to mind right now is uh in in every meeting we start off right, we got the the big projector that comes down. And um, so usually you know, every day I would try to do something, put something funny up. I do look alike because my brain, that's how every time I see someone, I'll immediately turn to like, okay, what did I ever see this person from? What does he look like? So for, <laughs> there was a Disney character from the, the movie Cars that 
uh, Coach Moss, he had the ears and everything. I found him, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Coach Moss looked exactly <laughs> like him. So one of my best ones was, you know, putting Coach Moss up there side by side with that Disney character with the big ears. And, you know, he walked in and he's like, yeah, you got me. Everybody was cracking up. That was one of my best ones. Because, you know, the head coach, like, that's that's touchy, right? You don't want to mess with that, right? So me and Moss had a pretty good relationship. And uh, no, that was that was good. But every day, I'd go in there like 30 minutes early, mess. Like, I knew the password to the computer. So I'd go on the computer <laughs> and change the, like, the desktop uh, logo. So when they put the projector down, all you see is a, a lookalike. So I'd try to get everybody. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So awesome. That's fantastic. Um, you'll, you'll appreciate this. My, uh, my oldest is in cosmetology. And wow. so they brought home one of the mannequin heads for, you know, practicing for hairdos and all those types of things. And, um, they bring, they brought it upstairs and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of creepy. I said, do me a favor. Just put it in the fridge. And the next morning, my youngest opened the fridge. He screamed. (laughs) I wasn't even, I wasn't even home. I heard about it after the fact, but I was like, Oh, that's, that's like, you know, like just little pranks, right? Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, yeah. watch, let's watch what'll happen. Yeah, yeah. My wife is like, "You're mean, but it's funny." <laughs> I, I'll still laugh. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about the pranks and the jokes. That's that's just my my DNA. And I was like, that's in the locker room is somewhere where you can bring that out, you know. So that's missing a big part of my uh, my, my being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, Kayla. Did you want to do that next one? You never sent me anything. I sure did, but okay, that's nope, fine. Then I didn't okay. get it. Well, then I then I'll ask. Uh, <laughs> it's so the fingers game. She was she was living it up. They had a championship, you know, parade at, right after the game. There's no way she got any emails. Or anything. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> not, not into it at all. Um, I know you you kind of already told us a little bit, but how how was that first game in the booth? Like when you walked in and sit yeah. down to start, what what did that feel like? It was so weird because even before that, I was like, you know, they gave I, I parked in the players' parking lot, right? So uh, walking in, you know, I'm like, okay, it's game time, right? Like, but then it was like the first time in my life where I walk in, I park, I walk in, and the same clothes I'm wearing uh, uh, into the building, I'm wearing on the field, and you know, I'm wearing <laughs> after the game. But right? so it was such a weird feeling. I'm like, okay, wait. I'm not going to go and get ready for the game. I'm just going to go and look at notes and then, you know, <laughs> then watch the game. But it was uh, it was just a weird, weird feeling because it was my first time ever doing that. And every time I've ever been to a CFL game uh, for, since like 20, 2013 or 2014, I've been, you know, a player, right? So it was weird seeing all the guys like before the game um, just warming up and just like, because the last time I was on the field, like I was doing the same thing, right? Um, just weird, but, um, also I just felt, uh, I felt super blessed to have the game back. Right. Just cause you know, it's been a while since the CFL has been back and to see, to, to see the game, um, almost just back. It was a good sign for me just to see that the CFL is back and, you know, guys were doing what they loved and, and I was, you know, transitioning. So I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. Like I can, I could, I could, I could see myself doing this, but the first time was, was weird. 
Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, let's uh, let's get into our game from last week quickly, and then we will get into uh, what may or may not happen this week, <laughs> as the case might be. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the Elks finally in the win column. Uh, 21-16 win over the BC Lions. Um, there was lots of good to talk about in this game. Uh, Kayla, let's start with you. What What did you like most about the game? Oh my gosh, we got past the 50. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy. I was like screaming and, and jumping out of my couch like finally. Um, I mean, special teams had a slow start, but it actually progressed as the game went on. So I'm very pleased with that. Um, and I mean, we won. The offense finally got into the end zone. Like, I. We won. I don't know what's better than that. Like, that's what I love about this. Uh, the offense stayed um, con- pretty consistent throughout the game. The defense was, well, we don't have to mention the defense. They're Ooh. wicked. Um, but, yeah, special <laughs> teams improved. But I, we'll talk about probably that after what happened as a result. Yeah. yeah so, um, I mean, we got past the 50 on a return. I'm happy as a button. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Mike, who scored that uh, touchdown for us? I don't remember. Ooh. <laughs> <Atta> boy. <laughs> Trying to set it up there for you all. I know. Uh, <laughs> well done. Uh, super fan, what's the good in this game? Ah, lots of different good things to come from this one. Um, seeing Greg Ellingson come back when he had had a very quiet first couple of games, uh, mm-hmm. whether he was just extra covered or just, you know, wasn't necessarily the primary. Um, but seeing him do 148 yards in a game, that's uh, it's good to see he was back for sure. But um, for me, just it was the end of the game when Wilder just kept running the ball. He got the ball play after play after play, and he kept getting first downs. And just the confidence they had and the way the O-line could create those holes for them, it just that championship teams need to have a running game like that where even when you know what's coming, you can still get the yards. And that was pretty amazing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Nate, these are these are the old guys you're playing with. Uh, well, most of them, I guess. <laughs> I guess there's some yeah. that are different. But uh, um, what did you see in that game? Uh, I saw a lot, honestly, but... One thing that was glaring is has Michael Riley beaten the Edmonton Elks since he left? Like oh, yeah. that's weird. I mean, he last, looks. The last right? time he beat Edmonton was his first game as a starter in was it 2012? Oh, way back, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, every time he plays Edmonton, it's like even when you know this week they said he felt the best he's ever felt. You know, he practiced. Know, mostly the, throughout the whole week, right? Especially because the controversy has been going on the last two out of the first two games. I was wondering who was even going to start, right? So, no, but he plays and he didn't play particularly well. And I'm like, what is it against him and Edmonton? Because I remember the first time we played him, um, that was, they were teeing off. Like, you know what I mean? And they had a bad, obviously, BC had a bad line, but that was no excuse this time. Their line has been improved. Uh, Kelly Bates went over there and, uh, you know, kind of turned things around, but I don't know. I don't, Mike, it just didn't see. Seems like he can't get over that. But Quaku uh, didn't play. Another point. Quaku didn't play. But it didn't, they didn't miss him. I was like, oh, no. Okay, what happened? You know what I mean? Quaku's out. And, and, and um, uh, it seems like the defensive line didn't sk- skip a beat. The defensive backs, uh, Grimes, uh, Mincy, 
Um, who am I missing? Who was there? Washington. I mean, those Rose. guys. Yep. Oh man, they'd be hell to to go against in practice. They're doing a great job. Um, so uh, that defense has been unreal this whole this whole year, except for Montreal. It was, it was weird, but they got back to to what they've been doing. Uh, obviously, offensively, like you guys mentioned, Greg getting back to his old self. I was wondering like what is going on. And I, I know I talked to Trev, and he's like, "Just watch, just watch this game." So no, it was good. It was good uh, to see the connection back because those guys go way back. I mean, those guys. Trevor could close his eyes and hit Greg, you know, downfield uh, on an in-breaking route, like 30 yards. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of connection those guys have, right? So it's good to see that back. Um, we'll see – good to see Mike Jones, who, who? gets the first yeah. touchdown. Uh, see Tavon in there a little bit, getting, getting some love uh, after being on the, the bench the first couple of games. Um, and Shy is still doing his thing. Uh, who else? Um Durrell, I was impressed by Durrell not having a big game and the team still winning. So that's that's a, that's a great sign. Absolutely, and and just to build off a couple of things you said there well, on the D line, uh, Costigan had a, a massive yeah. first half, and mm-hmm. and the jig when he gets the uh, sack, <laughs> which is that was almost as funny as Jake Serezna's floss, but it was <laughs> you know it's it getting up there, Nothing's but as funny as but that. Yeah. but Serezna got two sacks and no floss. I was like, come I on. <laughs> Like, I mean, a year off, you can't expect him to be in mid-floss, uh, missing I, floss. Man. I don't know. I mean, I think he should be cut. <laughs> Come on. Get the floss going, man. Uh, anyway, um, no, they, they had a big game. Um, and the only other part that I want to talk about that uh, just was one of those moments of, of like, oh, man, I love this game. That block by James Wilder Jr. when the guy tried oh. to jump him and all of a sudden it became WWE and he threw That's him to the ground. Man, yeah. that was can't mess around with James like with, when you're in WWE type situations because that guy is you know he's a vet he's a veteran <laughs> WWE man so you get in those kinds of situations he's gonna suplex you what do you expect <laughs> right? so, you know the combo like you gotta come jumping in the air around around uh, Wilder he's gonna you know rock bottom come correct man. <laughs> oh that. To me, that was just that. That was amazing, and I watched that gif like over and yeah. over, and it never got old. Like this yeah. was that. That was really nice. So that, that those are some really good things. Um, now, Kayla, you talked about the special teams being better, but um, overall, though, I mean, they had one good return. <laughs> then the rest, and, and Nate, you you were a special teams guy. Yeah. Um, Kid, like, are you seeing anything that's just not? Because to me, it, it's yeah. there, it doesn't seem like there's aggression on the blocks. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know if that's what it is, or is there something else that we're missing? Yeah, no, I think whatever system that they were running, it was a little too complex because guys just look so hesitant. You know, blocking for Terry Williams, I'm like, okay, why are is there so much confusion? So most of the time when that happens, it's like the system is complex and guys get confused as to who they're blocking. So whoever comes in, maybe AJ Gas, uh, needs to simplify their blocking assignments, right? Because guys out there running out there, confusion around like who am I supposed to block? Next thing you know, Terry Williams, a guy that can return the ball in this game, is getting hit. And he's getting up when he gets up and he's looking around like, come on, guys. Like that tells me guys are messing up uh, with their blocking assignments. So it was probably a little bit too um, uh, challenging for these guys to pick up so soon. And maybe it would have got better. So it's only been two games, but I guess the coaching staff decided that they didn't have that type of patience to wait and uh, they let them go. So 
hopefully the guy usually when a new guy comes in simpler blocking schemes uh should should, should work and then they can expand on it as the season goes well yeah i hope so I, yeah like you said uh, chris rippon uh relieved of his duties there the next day uh him and elizondo got into a bit of a match on the sidelines and it, it truly did look like one of the things that Elizondo said was, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's not going to go well. Yeah. That's not good. Um, no, and, I, um, I saw something like that. was in BC with, um, uh, with our Moss. old. Uh, what's that? It was Moss going after. Moss and um, our old. Uh, oh, oh, who was that? Uh, who was that special teams coordinator? Um, Coach Jackson and Coach. Um... Oh, I can't remember was, his name. Uh, yeah. And he, I but he's, he, I just talked to him the other day. McDermott. McDermott. McDermott, McDermott. There that, you that's go. That's the last time I saw that. And, you know, similar results. And I love Coach McDermott. He was a great, he got the short end of the stick. He was, he was a really good uh, special teams coach, but him and Moss just having that, that little back and forth, that's never good for, for a special teams coach. It seems like every time special teams coach have those kind of interactions with the head coach, they're just gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much a, that's a, Big flag, right? So, yeah. um, Mike, anything else in this game that you want to talk about that you wanted to see improved? Uh, I think that was basically it with special teams. We started doing so much better as a unit. I mean, we went, what, 433 total yards to 184. Yeah. So 128 awesome. passing, 56 rushing. We kept the run game from being too much of a threat. Um, with you know Shaq Cooper being someone that should be fairly familiar with the team, Revenge. and obviously Riley would be as well. And and I don't know, there's just not nearly as much to to talk about it unless you're really just nitpicking. And and other than the special teams and uh, you know allowing a, what was it a 57 yard return on us that was uh, yeah that wasn't great. But otherwise we kept it fairly contained. So. I have well, something I to nitpick. Oh, good. Uh, you're always good at picking nits. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's it's not so much of maybe an improvement, but a caution. I saw um, Morgan lose his temper a bit on the back. I don't want to have like another Cyclone Glass or, you know, that kind of situation where you're young and you just like, I know the emotions are running high, but hopefully Thorpe kind of pulled him aside or somebody like, yeah. yo, you're emotional, but maybe like reel it back in because that's all we need is to start getting penalties back in the day. Yeah. Like, no, just squash that before it gets out of control. If that's yeah. what it is. I just saw a couple times where he was quite emotional and I'm like, stop. No, not this again. Yeah. See, that emotion is good when, when it's cha- uh, channeled in the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. But when, when you start getting penalties and, and, and guys start getting you off your game, then it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, we saw that a couple of times. I remember, you know, Chris Edwards, uh, <laughs> you guys, I'm like, come on, man. Not, not when it's third and one, not when it's, you know what I mean? We're about to get off the, the field and, you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's amazing when you can challenge a uh, channel it and use it to your advantage in, in the course of the play. Right. You know, but once it starts getting to the point where you're, you know, you're hurting your team, that's when you want to almost pull a guy out and, you know, just get someone in there, get them to relax for a little bit and then, and then come back once you, you know, kind of cooled off. Yeah. 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 And, and you're right. That was an issue before. So it's, uh, you, you get that moment of, Ooh, we're getting a few more penalties here, but now it's <laughs> now re- reeled it back in. So that was a good thing. Um, couple of, uh, of BC kudos. Um, 
you know, I know he didn't get the ball a whole lot, but man, Lucky Whitehead is interesting to watch. That that guy's got some speed. Yeah. Um, and I, I was pretty impressed. I, the combination of him and Burnham, um, I think I think one of the things on on the O line for BC is the loss of Figueroa was huge. Yeah. Um, and so if but if Mike gets a little bit of time and you've got those two guys that can really burn out, that is going to make some interesting offensive plays for BC. Yeah, and they're so different too. Like they can both get down on field, but just in different w- ways, right? Lucky's like super speed, super burner. If he gets one step on you, it's over, right? But Burnham, he could be even with them, and like Mike could put in the perfect spot, and he'll make an acrobatic catch look routine, right? The guy's like Spider Man out there, just like, right. So <laughs> no, that's interesting. And then you mix in Lamar Durant too in that mix, who's like a very, very solid uh, Canadian receiver who can do it all fast, big. Uh, strong. I mean, they've got a quite the receiving core, and then Dominic Rhymes. You forget about him, but he had a thousand yeah. yards in uh, in in Ottawa. In Ottawa, of all places, this guy had a thousand yards. So, you know, once once they get rolling, it's it's going to be tough to stop BC. But it just it just shows you how strong uh, Edmonton's defense can be when when they're clicking. Because to stop an offense like that, and you're right, Fig going out. That was huge because I was like a turn stop. I was like, guys were taking turns, like, yo, let me get him next, you know? So. <laughs> Put me on that left side. Yeah. yeah. That's where I want to go. These D linemen do that, especially in Edmonton, like Kwaku, Mike, they'll all, they'll, they'll all rotate when it's uh, when they small blood in the water. Oh, that, that's funny. My my son started playing defensive line this year, and so I told him, I said, "Well, once once you, yeah, once you find the the weak guy, just move yeah. to that spot. <laughs> Let's go. Here, here, I'll switch you. I'll switch you. You go get this. Go get this guy. Yeah. yeah. I told him to line up like Quaku because uh, he had a uh, the one kid he kept going up against kept hitting him high. Like he kept putting his. Uh, so, so I said, "Well, line up like Quaku and come underneath one time. He yeah. won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> he'll yeah. he'll figure that out quickly. Anyway, um, jumping all over the place." Mike, do we have some uh, YouTube questions that we should get to before we start uh, talking some history? For sure. So uh, let's take a look here. Uh, Tim Capper did think, you know, very helpfully say that uh, it masks up. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm sure we will get into that. Um, Saying (laughs) it has been a very interesting 24 hours at least. Uh, It's from Ken Ludwig. Um, Of course, again, we'll be getting into that, so... Um, Very shortly, yes. Bill Kempthorne was saying that this is all just here to mess with his fantasy picks like it wasn't hard enough already. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Capper from the Alouettes Flight Deck does say, Nate, wish Alouettes Nation had had a chance to see you on the field. Uh, me too. Blame yeah. 2020. I mean, I would have been out there for 2020 if uh, we didn't miss a season. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Uh, what else we got? Uh, Tim Capper did uh, compliment us on the uh, podcast merch. Oh, nice! Excellent. The, the shirts and yes. yeah, shirts, glasses. Uh, Ooh, exactly. Fancy. Uh, Patrick Ooh. B. Penguin says that Nate sounded awesome. Listen to the Toronto broadcast on the internet radio. So he said it was fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Penguin. You guys, always been a big supporter, man. He's yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, Ken Ludwig again. Oh yes, the glasses. Uh, I said Glenn Suter was uh, sure showing Greg Ellingson the love during the broadcast for sure. <laughs> Which, he deserved it though. Greg yeah, he did. It. He was balling. Yeah, 148 yards. You're going to get a mention or two, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Ken again uh, said he just saw a tweet from the Elks 
stating uh, affirmatively that Harris has not tested positive for COVID, right. unlike what some reports have said. So uh, the Elks were laying the smack down on three down, according to Tim Capper. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, we want to make sure that we're getting the right people out there. But that's, yes. uh, yeah, that, that's good. Excellent. Um, all right, Mike, are you ready to do some uh, some history before we talk about uh, this week's fun and games? Sure. Let's talk about it. All right. Let me uh, get o- over to some PowerPointing here. Oh, some graphics and everything. Hey? Oh, look at this. Wow. Now, uh, Nate and uh, Commissioner, what, what they can, they, you know how you can watch? Tune into the YouTube live stream. Um, that's, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, super fan, I'm watching you and you, uh, you go ahead. Excellent. All right. So uh, today I want to talk about another player from Edmonton's football history that, that's probably lost to the ages for most fans nowadays. Uh, this is a 13-year Canadian football veteran, uh, but he was with the club for only a single season here in 1950. He was a, a two-way player, uh, offensive tackle and defensive end, and did double duty as the line coach, the only assistant coach under Anna Stukas, and his name was Don Durno. Dirty. So interesting. Yeah. So yeah, born at the end of uh, the First World War in 1918 in Scotland. And uh, then his family emigrated to Quebec when Don was just a child. So growing up, hockey was his first love. But he came to football in 1940 as a way to keep in shape for the hockey in the off season. Uh, so he played a game with the Montreal Rugby Football Club, which was a precursor to the modern-day Alouettes, uh, despite never having seen the game before. So he played in the very first game he saw. Wow. And he was hooked instantly, uh, playing the full 1941 season for Montreal, now named the Bulldogs, as we can sort of see there on the screen. Um, so as this was wartime, he served in the RCAF as a physical training instructor, and then he continued his senior football journey, winning the Grey Cup in his second year in football with the Toronto RCAF Hurricanes. Uh, and in the picture there, you can actually see uh, another guy that was sort of famous in the Canadian Football League, and that's Jake Goddard, wow. who was commissioner for 16 years in the late 60s through the early 80s. So um, they were uh, quite a powerhouse uh, in the war era, for sure. Uh, so um, after the wartime, then um, he jumped to the Western champion uh, Winnipeg RCAF Bombers in 43. And he did find himself again in the Grey Cup, but this time they lost to the Hamilton Flying Wildcats. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So post-war, he was with the Toronto Indians of the ORFU, which was the Ontario Rugby Football Union, before playing briefly for the Chicago Rockets of the All-American Football Conference, which was sort of a competition for the NFL for about five years. Uh, We got a lot of our original imports from the... um, the AAFC back then. Uh, then he went finally back to his hometown, Montreal Alouettes, in 1947. And then finally, the senior Argonauts in 1948 and 49. So, meanwhile in Edmonton, the team had just finished its inaugural season since coming back into senior football. And uh, so they they finished in third place in that first year and missed the playoffs uh, because only the top two teams back then made it. Uh, But it was still considered to be a success, and it was a hot item in post-war Edmonton. So uh, head coach Anna Stukas and uh, the team general manager Al Anderson 
wanted to build on the buzz the club had created around town. So Big Stuke used his contacts with the Argos, which was his former team, to bring numerous players from Toronto and the other Eastern clubs as well, but mostly the Argos, to bolster his roster and sort of uh, compete with the established teams in the West. So players that joined that team from the Argos included uh, three-time Grey Cup champion lineman Frank Morris. Uh, we also had lineman Bill Briggs, uh, fullback Mike King, and Doug Pizer. So that's a tight end or receiver. And then player coach Don Durno. So Edmonton avoided a sophomore jinx in 1950, going seven or seven for a respectable third place in that uh, second season. Uh, it was also the first time there was a semifinal in the West, so they actually got to be in the playoffs in that second year. And the Green and Gold upset second place Saskatchewan 24 to 1. And this Ooh. is back when it was just a single game. Later on, they made it a best uh, two game total point. So they did give the city hope after beating. Uh, Winnipeg 17-16 in the first game of the best-of-three Western Finals uh, before ultimately running out of gas and dropping the final two games uh, to the series in Winnipeg. Uh, Derna was named a Western All-Star at the tackle position. They didn't really differentiate between offense and defense back then. It was just tackle. Um, but it was his coaching and the schemes for the offensive and defensive lines where he made his mark uh, on the team and in the city. Uh, he did leave the team after only the one season because he had a job in Toronto in 1951. Uh, we originally tried to flip him to Ottawa, but he refused to report because, again, his job was in Toronto. So he did come back to the Argos uh, for one more season, and then he uh, finished his uh, career in Hamilton in 1952 after 13 years in Canadian football. Uh, he wasn't out of football for good, though, so... Much like Nate, he uh, was still around the sport. Uh, he spent 17 years as the president of the Canadian Junior Football League. So uh, people nowadays would think of like the Wildcats or the or the uh, uh, Huskies as part of that league. And he was president of the Argos Alumni Association for 27 years, retiring well into his 70s. Wow. So uh, he may have been forgotten by many fans today, but you know Don Durno is still one of the key building blocks for football in Edmonton. And the legacy of the green and gold. So I just wanted to kind of sort of introduce a lot of people to uh, someone that, again, they probably never heard of. So That's awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. So this is going to kind of merge history and the horde section today. So okay. um, recently uh, he passed away in 2011. Okay. Um, and his family finally went through some of his stuff and decided to sell it off. So um, the first thing that they sold off, this is a jersey from his time in the Montreal Bulldogs in 1941. Ooh. So this has survived 80 years, uh, and it's in fairly decent condition, right? Yeah. No uh, the next thing that sold was his 1948 and 49 Argos jersey. Again, oh, very, cool. very stellar. This is right after they had won their three in a row from 45 to 47. Uh, he joined just after that, just missing the uh, playoff team. Um, again, it's got some tears and everything else, but still in absolutely gorgeous shape and didn't sell for, you know, too much money considering, you know, we're talking something from the 1940s. And then the last one they sold was a 1951 jersey. 
or 50, yeah, 51. So right after his time in Edmonton. So they had the white before, the right after, but they didn't have his Edmonton jersey, which is kind of too bad. But I mean, let's be honest, who can afford that? So yeah. uh, certainly not me. Uh, so that was one for his final season in Toronto before he went there. And then the last thing they sold um, was a pewter mug. And this was what was given to the people that won um, – the Grey Cup. Back then, they didn't have rings, so they gave everyone in the 1942 Grey Cup one of these pewter mugs, and this has survived again from 42 to now. So, you know, near we're talking nearly 80 years at this point. Wow. Um, so, what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of show with uh, the person that bought the pewter mug came with something extra, and they wanted to send it to me. So, wow. I figured I would sort of do some live stuff now. Nice, um, you're switched there. Yeah. So. What we had uh, with the mug was, um, and I don't know if I can hopefully make this out, but this is a program that for a banquet that was given in honor of the team in 1950, November of 1954, being in the Western Western finalists um, because there were two different leagues, right? So I don't know if you can quite make it out. It's a banquet and dance at the Trocadero Club uh, <laughs> given by the city of Edmonton. So what this has in it, if everyone can sort of see it. So there is the complete roster of the 1950 team. Wow. You can see uh, Derno there over on the left, which uh, it's facing down. So he'd been the right tackle uh, and, and the left defensive end when he was switched to defense. I don't know wow. if can you can see that. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can see him there now. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So there's Derno. Awesome. He was the starting guy there. Uh, it also had things in here like um, the menu and the plan for the night. <laughs> you know, anything else. Wow. But what really was most important was on the back. Um, so this belonged to Derno, and everyone there was taking off and not necessarily going to see each other. And this is in the days before Facebook. So <laughs> they ended up signing everyone's oh, name on the back. Wow. That's cool. And on the inside, and Derno's kind of right there in the middle, and everyone's address is on it. So really go around finding all of these, giving them to their teammates so they could keep in touch with each other in the off season, things like that. Wow. So yeah. Address on that's Yeah. So, and there's another one here. I don't know if you can sort of see up there in that corner that uh, someone named Peter Lougheed, who I don't know whatever happened to him. Yeah. The name sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. In Alberta, he was premier for 16 years uh, here. So he did all right for himself post football, you know, for a lawyer. Yeah. Not too bad at all. Oh my! So I'm going to get that framed up. I have a team photo of the 1950 team, so I'll have the photo and the autographs underneath. So, oh, uh, super awesome. fantastic of the guy that bought the mug to be able to get that off to me. So I was really grateful for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. That 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 is so cool. So Tay, I guess for you guys, you guys just all share Instagrams. So right. You don't have to write down your address to everybody or you text what? each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not as much texting in, in 1950, I guess. Right. You're selling uh, the birds with uh, little messages on them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Carry a campfire going on a blanket. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yes. Smoke signals. Just look at this time. We're good. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome, super fan. Thank you. That was that was amazing, and I I, I think our timing worked out well when we were going through the PowerPoint. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about this week because uh, now we have a few things that I'm sure a few people have on their minds. Um, before we get into the game part, I guess uh, yeah. So the news broke today. Uh, I guess yesterday. Um, 
the Elks canceled practice and then the news came out that they had a number of players test positive for COVID. Uh, that number today uh, has gone up to nine players. Um, and then, of course, we had the three before. Uh, so we're we're looking at now probably, uh, you know, 25 percent of the team at some point or another uh, has had a, uh, a positive test. So um and was it last night? I think it was last night that they confirmed that they have postponed the game. So, um, oh, and we might have been, we might have kept Nate up too late. Now his camera's off. I can't see anything. He's all. <laughs> That's it. Nate's like, okay, I'm going to bed. Yeah, screw you guys. I'm going to bed. Um, no, the um, so that news comes out. Um, obviously, troubling um, to be the team that has. Um, the cases that are now, you know, driving this into where it's going. Um, no, no specific plan for, for rescheduling as of yet, but we, we know that it's at least in the rescheduling phase. Um, and, uh, and then we'll see how things go. And, and obviously the, the CFL, the, the, the main goal is to get it postponed and rescheduled at some point. Um, Nate, I, I know you're you are all set for your second game against you know the the team you two teams you played for. It's all firing up. Um, what did you think of when you heard this news? Uh, disappointment, right? Disappointment because you know the league put in protocols. They had almost a year to watch how the NFL did it, and uh, they put in these protocols. But it all relies on players getting vaccinated, right? And and you know to prevent you know, something like this happening and. I know in Edmonton, the vaccination numbers are, are pretty low. Um, so this is something that was almost inevitable. Like once one guy, one guy gets it and you're in close quarters, uh, there's not enough plexiglass in the building that's going to prevent, you know, something like this happening. So um, it's I, want, I don't want to say irresponsible because everybody has a choice of what they want to do. But, you know, if you want to play, you want to have a full season, I mean, you got to you got to make that sacrifice if, you know, in my opinion. Um, so if, if I'm an Edmonton Elks player right now and, you know, I'm not vaccinated, um, I mean, I, I'm just going to ask myself, am I doing everything in my power to help our team win? And if the answer is yes, then <laughs> that's your choice. But I, I just have a hard time understanding, like, if you – like, because the guys I've talked to, the guys that aren't vaccinated, I haven't heard one good reason why – they aren't right. So I'm just, I'm not, I just feel bad for the guys that are and that guy that, has, that have done everything in their power to play and they don't get the opportunity and they're most likely going to miss game checks because of this. Right. So, I mean, everybody has their choice to make, but I mean, that's, that's, that's what the deal is, right? You can make the choice, but you got to live with the consequences. Do you, do you think it at all, Nate, that the, I understand. Obviously, it's a it's a personal choice, a player choice, all those types of things. But um, do you ever think that teams should have said like, "Hey, we don't want to have this happen, so you you need to get it before you get here"? Or do you, do you think that that would have just been met with like too bad for you, like with a lot of players? Or what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's that's a, because if I'm a team, I'm if I'm if I'm team personnel, I'm I want all my players to be vaccinated because they give you the best chance. Like colleges. Right now, the reason why they're a lot of them are 100% vaccinated because these coaches have a lot of power, and whatever they say, these coaches, these kids are scared, 
right? So there are teams in college right now that are 100% vaccinated, and um, they're not going to have any issues, right? They're going to probably play most of the games as long as it's on. And if, you know, another team isn't vaccinated, they get the win. So they're making sure they're taking care of business. They're making sure no matter what happens that they're always going to be ready to play. Um, teams, I'm sure they wanted to. As best as they can, they were encouraging guys. I mean, up, to, up until I retired, they were, you know, sending out questionnaires asking who's vaccinated, who's not. Um, having people come talk to the team via um, Zoom or Skype and and explain, you know, the benefits of getting, getting vaccinated, right? So the teams did all they could. I know that. I know they did all they could. They wanted everybody to be vaccinated for this very reason. Yeah. And over here, they're probably wishing they did more. But there's only so much you can do. These are all grown men who have, who have all access to vaccines, right? It's not right. like there's a vaccine shortage. So if anybody wanted to get vaccine, uh, vaccinated up until this point, they could have. So it's it's just disappointing because the league works so hard. We all know what the league went through not having the season. They worked so hard to come back and uh, to have something like this happen. And it's just it's, it's frustrating. But what can you do when, you know, the decision is not in, in the league's hands? It's, it's in the players' hands, right? So. Yeah, is this maybe an opportunity for some of the people that are on the the practice roster? For instance, I know that they're kept separate from yeah. uh, the the, uh, the regular uh, roster. So, yeah, it could be an opportunity. But like, if like say like the Trevor Harris was out, like, would you even want to play? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, you say the whole like Ruby Beard and uh, O'Donnell are all out. Like, would Trevor even want to play? Like, nah, let's right. wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it's it would be an opportunity for some guys, and um, but the the quality of you know a starter in the CFL versus like a practice roster guy when when it's like multiple, it goes down you know dramatically. And you know if I'm if, if I'm on the team, I'm like I'm probably wishing we wait or postpone the game because yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. That's if you can postpone too, right? Um, yeah. We're getting some questions in the YouTube chat. Okay. Uh, what are thoughts on double vax requirements to, or even single vax to require to attend games at Commonwealth? Now that uh, BC and Calgary have said that they are going to require all fans and staff to be at least the single, if not double vaxxed. I believe that's a smart move. Um, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, uh, but I believe it's a smart move um, because. You know, it's 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 where the world is going right now. You look at all these companies, all these Fortune 500 companies, they're requiring it for their employees to be vaccinated before they can come back to work. And football is no different. It's been, if you're having people come in and potentially jeopardize um, other people's ability to work, that's not good for business. And that's not good for, you know, the bottom line, of course, right? And I know SAS hasn't come out and said that they're, you know, required and, you know, Just the two, thinking, yeah. yeah, they're kind of looking out for the bottom line, but I mean, they're it's kind of backwards because if you if you have a, a bunch of players and and personnel that can't come to work because they have COVID, then there's going to be no game anyway. So I, <laughs> I don't understand. I think I think it's a smart move to require it. Um, and I know, but it's still everybody's choice at the end of the day. Like I don't know what what you can do. Um, I don't know, like because. They're going to have to require players to get vaccinated pretty soon. I know the Canadian government is requiring people to be vaccinated to fly, right? So they're going to be, there's going to come a point where guys are going to be vaccinated or they can't go to the away games. So what are you going to do? Right. right. 
Yeah. Hop on the bus. <laughs> you're, I didn't even think about that, but okay. But if you're, yeah, I know. But when would you have to leave if you're playing in yeah. Montreal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the this player is not at walkthrough today. We right. can't. Well, yeah, <laughs> you leave. Uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder. Wonder he's why. Leave That's... at halftime to make it back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ready to ready to play half a game. That's a, that's that's what's we're, we're really fired up about that. Um, yeah, yeah no, I, I, tell me your thoughts on it. You know what? I I, I applaud the teams that are doing it that are saying that you need to be, you know, double backs to get in or, or even single. Um, I, I think it's a safe move. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in a situation too, where that, that might allow me to get back to a game because right now I I'm, I'm not going because right. I have a, a 11 year old. Right. So, um, and it's, it, well, and it's just mitigated risks. I, my work, gives me enough risks as it is. I, I don't need that on top of it. So, um, uh, but I, I think it's a good move. And I think there's lots of people who are applauding the teams that were doing it voluntarily, yeah. um, even beforehand, right? You, you got the announcement from Hamilton and Ottawa and Toronto, of course, with uh, MLSC and, and, and the way that they, t- and I, I really appreciate the fact that they handled it that way. And, and some people won't, and I understand that. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I th- I think if you want to have the ability to go and and enjoy these other things in a safe manner for everybody that's there, I think this is a good way to do it. But I mean, it's like any business, right? It, you don't even blink twice at a no shoes, no shirt, no service. Mm-hmm. Now it's no shoes, no shirt, no vax, no service. Like they, you have the choice of not going or right. going uh, if you're not vaccinated. So I think if they make it so it's for, especially when you've got you know 70 to 80 percent of the population at least single vaxxed it seems like you're protecting the 80 percent over the 20 at that point right so um regardless of your stance in the position you still have that choice whether to go or not well and at a football game i mean no shirt is kind of required for some people <laughs> well it's, especially it's, in i mean really yeah it's, it's yeah no shirt in the watermelon <laughs> no no body paint you're not allowed in that's right get out um that's where we're at um Kayla, anything you want to add to that? I don't really have an opinion. I think it's way too dis- okay. uh, divisive that it's honestly something I don't even like talking about. Because whether my okay. opinion is for or against, I just I think we're entitled to our own um, options as a person, mm-hmm. and I respect that, and I respect people who w- will get vaccinated. I just I think it's become such an issue that I don't like voicing my opinion anymore about certain things. That, that makes sense. I get, I totally get it. Yeah, because it can like it can that. get. I like that, Kayla. Yeah, it can get very it can get very heated, and we don't need that in our lives a lot of times. Uh, so especially I, right I, now. Protect your yeah. peace, Kayla. <laughs> what? Protect your peace. Oh man, like right. this whole like year and a half, I've learned so much through it all that I'm just like there are certain things that I will die on the sword for, and there are certain things I won't, and this is one of those cases. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get it. Totally get it. Uh, on a positive side, uh, in in this particular room, uh, we're all greater than eighty five percent vaccinated, so we'll all get paid the same for doing the podcast. <laughs> so that's good. It's very important. Yeah, no um, exactly, Nate. Your, your I promise you, your check is in the mail. Um, that's how this works. Uh, all right. Let, <laughs> oh, this, this this is amazing for us. Um, 
let's let if there is a game because let's say they postpone it to Monday or Tuesday next week and they're able yeah. to play the game. Um, let let's talk about what that game might look like. Toronto's coming off a massive win over Winnipeg. Uh, they they played amazing in the trenches. Um, I really think that that. That was a was a deciding factor. Um, Nate, tell me what you saw, what you like about this Toronto team after that game. Man, that defense flies around, and they mix up looks. Len Young has been mixing up looks because he's got so many weapons. So, like, he's got Dexter McCoy, who isn't really a starter, but he's on the field all the time. Uh, Cameron Judge, uh, Mwamba, Chris Edwards, who you're familiar with, big, physical, yep. fast. All of them are kind of in the same mold where, you know, whoever they're going up against, they're probably a little bit more physically and more uh, have that speed element, right? And, you know, it's it's been – their DBs were kind of a question mark. I mean, Shaq Richards is really good. But the way the front seven has played has, you know, kind of eased it back there where it's made their job easier. They caused so much havoc. Like, Sean Oakman is – you guys remember him from Baylor. He was like a, a defensive end, but he's playing like zero tech right over the center. Right. Um, yeah. Coney Ely, you know, played in the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, just as Shane Ray is not playing right now, but just the front seven has been impressive. Like Brady Oliveira, I mean, he came out first game, had like almost like 120 yards. Right. Yep. Last two games combined under 50. Right. <laughs> just going up against this, this front seven and uh, they like just watching them fly. I'm like so happy that I don't play anymore because they'd crush me, right? So <laughs> like, just, it's unbelievable watching their the defense work, and it's giving the offense a chance to catch catch his groove. And our book was able to come in after a flat performance from Macbeth, and you know, kind of study the ship. He was on time, on target. Uh, made made one big mistake with Jeff Goat coming over and and uh, ripping him, but he uh, you can tell he's got a good feel for the RPO game. Um, he's got a few good feel for, you know, how to play quarterback. It, it, I feel like he's been watching Bo Levi a lot because he doesn't have the, the strongest arm, but he's uh, kind of – his arm is strong enough and accurate enough and he moves well enough and anticipates well enough where he can be a really good quarterback in this league. And um, he's got weapons, right? Yeah, you guys know DeVars Daniels. You guys know Ricky Collins, um, Eric Rogers. You guys he used to kill us when he was in Calgary. Um, and then they've got some young guys um, there as well. So – all that combined, and Toronto's looking like a really, really good team this year that was kind of slept on. But it all the defense makes it go. Those guys fly. Just watch them uh, if we get a chance to play this game. Those guys fly, man. Absolutely. Super fan. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I got lots of questions coming in here. I know. Uh, I know, I know. It's crazy. Uh, so one thing uh, I always love paying attention to the running backs and you don't say had a great game, uh, had over a hundred yards. Yeah. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, John White maybe didn't have as certainly not as good of a game as he had had late earlier this year. So do you see him starting this week over, over John or. You know what? I think they're, so do you remember Winnipeg when they used to play Andrew Harrison uh, Flanders together? Yeah. Yep. Right. That's, that's what I see going forward because. DJ Foster would come in the game and John White was split out or John White would stay in the backfield and Foster was split out. Foster was really uh, dynamic because he, in, in college, he had over a thousand yards receiving, 2000 yards receiving and 2000 yards uh, rushing. Right. And Ooh. that's one of five guys ever in division one history to, to, to do that. Right. So 
very versatile, multiple formations you can do with them, move them all over the place, confuse the defense. And it was very effective. I remember when Andrew Harris and Flanders used to do that, and I was like, defenses used to be scrambling because it's like, who's the running back? Who's the receiver? Watch the screen here. By the time you know Harris is breaking two or three tackles and he's down the field, right? Or Flanders is catching the screen. And, doing, and that's the same thing I see with, with Foster. I mean, it was relatively new, but the guy runs hard. And it's kind of a great mix between – uh, John White, you guys are familiar with his game and mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and Foster because John White can make anybody miss, explosive, right? And DJ Foster is like like a one cut, get up field, you know, tough yards kind of guy. So it's a great mix, and I don't I don't know if he'll you know on depth chart say starter, but he will get touches. Uh, Dinwiddie was very impressed with him after the game, and he was a difference maker in that offense because. You know, when he came in, I mean, it, every time he touched the ball, I think it was over 10 yards. And I was like, wait, yeah. who is this guy? Wait, he's not the starter? Right? So <laughs> I kept saying on the broadcast, I'm running like he doesn't ever want to be off the roster again. Right. So if he keeps that up, he'll have a great season. Oh, that, that that's fantastic. Now, uh, I, one other part I want to talk about that game with you, because uh, you were there live and, and watching the, the Alexander hit on Devaris and uh, again, <laughs> that, that facial expression, I think tells oh. us it all. Um, what, what did that look like live? What did you think oh. at the time? Other than the fact that you're probably happy you're not out on the field at that moment. <laughs> yeah, that, oh my, I didn't even know CFL his, like, sounded like that and looked like that. Because <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, DeVars, are you okay? Because the way his helmet flew off, I'm like, oh my God, he's not, he's not going to be okay. And then you see the replay and you see the DB kind of have his legs from behind and almost propel him into the hit. So it was even worse. And it wasn't head to head. It was like shoulder to head, yeah. but it did not look good. And I was very, very happy that um, no, I saw Devars after the game, and you know he uh, he gave me a hug and he remembered my name. So I'm like, okay, thank God, we're good, <laughs> we're, we're good. So uh, just happy he was able to make it, you know, walk off on his own power, and then you know, it seems like he's going to be okay. But those hits are kind of unfortunate. I was just confused why they didn't throw the flag on the field, but then then they said. Because of the nature of the injury, we're going to review it. And then they came back in and added the flag. So I'm like, like we all in the stadium. I mean, there are people, you know, when there's an accident and people just stop to stare. There are people yeah. in the highway in Toronto just after that hit. It was it caused traffic, right? Everybody <laughs> saw that hit. I'm so, and I don't know how the ref didn't see that hit. So uh, it was it was something else. But I'm happy DeVars is okay. And um, it, probably some fines going to be levied after that. Yeah, I would think so. That they got to try and get those hits out of the game. I, I think, I think if he'd have gone, like if he had bent down, like he was going through the the central area, yeah. and yeah. then happened to connect, it would have been fine. But I think because he yeah. stood up and it was right shoulder, I, I, yeah, that that's that's. It looked like he was targeting the head. That's that's the pro- you know problem, like Right. You're right. If he had aimed lower and he just smacked them, it would have been fine. I mean, Jabbar yeah. would have a caved-in chest, but it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, still would have. Fine. Still would have. Yeah, still would have right. been very loud, and people yeah. still would have stopped. But it would have been not a penalty. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the. Uh, what, what would you say are the keys to the game if the uh, if this game gets going uh, for the Argos to win against the Elks? Hmm. 
well, assuming that we have most yeah. of our regular lineup, let's just yeah, go with that. Yeah, that was the one I was going to ask. Like, okay, who's playing in this game? Yeah. If nine guys are have COVID right now, they're definitely not playing. And uh, so the key is to have as many healthy guys as possible. First <laughs> for good. Edmonton and then, uh, you know, Toronto. I mean, they played really two and a half good games, right? Because, I mean, when – uh Macbeth, he had a tough game uh, game two against winnipeg right mm-hmm. so and the plays were there you could see the plays were there they were just missing like the bars a couple times that was like wide open um on double moves and we were just missed right and it changed the complexion of the whole game so if um you know the coaching staff they see like dinwiddie seems to have a good pulse on how to call plays how to draw plays because he's getting guys open left right and center he's got you know great talent so the key to me would be um, for our book, it'll just you know to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, defense is gonna fly around, make plays, uh, but you've gotta you gotta limit James Wilder Jr. because if you let him run, start to run loose, then Trevor will start to kill you, right? And uh, I feel like that combination is unbelievable. You know, having a like a solid running game like that, I think that's what um, you know CJ when he first got to Edmonton was providing, and you saw like what that, how that opened things up downfield. And uh, if 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 James could do that all year, and he sees see no signs of him showing uh, slowing down, but you gotta you gotta stop him because that's that's kind of the head of the snake right now. It looks like because he can beat you running in pat and and catching the ball. Uh, stop James on the Toronto side. Stop James. Um, Trevor seems to you know have a connection with Greg now, right? So now you've got to play a little bit more attention to Greg. But I would say. Don't forget about Darrell because Darrell <laughs> can go off for 200 yards at, at before halftime, right? So um, it's so hard. Like if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm thinking about all the weapons on 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 Edmonton. I'm like, this is this is difficult. This is a difficult challenge because everybody can beat you. Shai Ross, you know, he'll might flip over a couple guys, <laughs> right? Mike Jones might, you know, who, who? Might, he could beat you too, right? Tavon, you know, Tavon could do. It's such a tough thing that, that when the offense is clicking, it's tough. Um, so that's why I'm not paid to be a defense coordinator because I have no idea how to stop that offense. <laughs> I would just say watch the Montreal tape. Um, you know, bring pressure, beat up, beat up their linemen. Uh, talk to Mondo, see what he ate for breakfast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Offensive then, lineman. Yeah, <laughs> right, and and try to try to do that, but uh, man, it's it's tough. And then on the Edmonton side, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know because these are because right now I'm thinking about their last two games, and they were really good games on on for both teams, right? And you know all aspects of of um, the games, offense, defense, special teams played well for both teams, right? So. It's it's that's why the chess match is unbelievable. Because what is what is Thorpe gonna you know think about? What 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 does he want to stop first? Does he want to stop you know DJ Foster? Does he want to stop the RPO game? Does he want to bring pressure and get Arbuckle off his game? Right? Then these are all the questions he's gonna be asking to his coordinators in meetings, and they're gonna divide divide up a plan to to stop Edmonton. But I mean Toronto. But man, thank God I'm not paid to be a defense coordinator. You guys tell me what you think. <laughs> It's tough. I'm just thinking about it. It's tough. Uh, Kayla, if they're playing, what, what do you think for the Elks? What do they got to do? Well, I wish I would have watched this game. Unfortunately, I wasn't home all weekend. <laughs> so I have to go back in and uh, do my homework. But through the highlights, it really looked like 
Winnipeg's defense was really tentative to actually mm. attack the ball. They kind of looked like our special teams. That's only going off what the, I saw in the highlights, not yeah, saying yeah. that's how it went. <laughs> um, but, I mean, how do you plan something when we don't even have a special teams coach right now or who's like going right like i don't big ass I, <laughs> oh we wish we wish get in, get in the yeah well yeah he's he's working with the golden bears now though like he's right. yeah you never know i guess so yeah, we'll we'll have more than one job imagine <laughs> <laughs> They're both green and gold this year, right? Right, right. sure. He probably sure. wouldn't have to change his go from his uh, golden uh, Edmonton gear to you know the golden bears gear and the same colors. Perfect. Right, yeah, it works so well. Yeah. So we're, I have a question though. In this game, uh, were or the last game, were there a lot of deep balls thrown from Arbuckle? Did he go down? You know what? He, yeah. Well, he had that one in the bars. Um, Saw that one. Yeah. But it was really intermediate routes that you know he he'd have these they had a lot of screens then they'd have stuff off their screens that they they worked on and then and then um not really a lot of deep balls just you know moving the moving the chains getting first downs um stuff intermediate it, it, like comebacks and 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 digs kind of that he was hitting and he was accurate with it right so that's that's what you want to see he had a really good game he was on on time and on target with a lot of his throws more methodical. So I guess what I would say is um, attack fast, get them, get their confidence shaken very early on, get the points on the board very early on. Don't lay off the gas for the Elks, of course. Um, but maybe <laughs> just uh, without watching that game, I can't really give like a really good what to do for the Elks against the Argos particularly. But from what I know about the Argos previously, I would say get them off their game, uh, strike soon and strike hard and, and strike quickly. And Trevor, some deep balls will really help just going off that again. Um, yeah. Title of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, I don't. With everything going on, I don't know what – like Tay said, get healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And get a coach. I don't know. <laughs> All those important things, you know. Uh, super fan, what do you got? Uh, well, uh, we have uh, we have said this every week. I don't know if it's like we are recording, but we have three rookie linebackers, maybe two now yep. that Brian Walker could be back. Um, yep. But, I mean, he's the strong side, which is the weak side guy who's more of a run-stopping uh, with everything we saw – from DJ Foster, uh, and with what we know John White can do, uh, they're going to have to be on that game all yeah. the time. Especially yeah, as Tay says, we've got the RPO, we've got the run game. If they fly out, like, how are you going to handle that in a game scenario when you haven't got time to sit and think about it? Yeah, absolutely. And I would, I, I would go. I think the key is just ball control. Mm. Elks got to hang on to the ball. If they can hang on to the ball and long drives and keep the Toronto offense off the field. Yeah, exactly. Then I think, I think that'll be a a big deal. With the time Um, management that you said last week too, Andrew. Absolutely. Yeah. But they did much better at that this week. I will say that. So, so do, do that more. Uh, Super fan. I'm sure there's about 8 million questions, but can we throw a couple in from YouTube before we go to our picks? Uh, Yeah. So what do we got here? 
uh, people were talking about uh, Duke Williams has now been released from the NFL. So where oh, do we yeah. think oh. he's going to end up? Ottawa. That's what I was going to say to you. Well, although, well, it, it's tough to but say. Is, him, I guarantee you. Uh, is Desjardins going to spend that money? No, no, no. Yeah. He's definitely not. He he okay. doesn't like like he wouldn't sign Kenny. He wouldn't sign um, a, a Roosevelt. He just I talked to the guys on the team and he's like they're like yeah if you have any kind of I don't want to say any secrets but it's just he he has a kind of player that he likes and if you you know. Maybe you had a parking ticket from two years ago. He's probably not going to sign you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong All right, culture. Sir. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that out loud? Um, another thing people are talking about, if um, let's say the game was rescheduled for Monday or Tuesday, if players are not allowed in the building for seven days, how do they prepare for this game? Well, they're preparing virtually right now is what they're saying. They're doing all the practices. Of, oh, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, How do you get I'm the timing sure. together? Yeah. yeah. It, That's it's what be uh, training camp was for. You know, it's, uh, it's not going to be easy. And the first two games. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. But, you know, once these guys, once you know the plan and you know, you know, every play that they put in uh, has instructions on how do you do your job, right? So, Guys will know how to do their job. They just won't have to have time to execute it. And the tough part is for the coaches because the coaches put in a bunch of plays throughout the week and, you know, they'll try it out and against different coverages. And if it doesn't work, they'll throw it out. But they don't get that opportunity to try plays out um, that they think is going to work against certain coverages. So that will be uh, the, the bigger challenge. But the players, players play. I mean, you know, you put anything out there, you tell them to do X, Y, and Z, they'll, they'll do it. But it's the coaches um, – discretion to see what's going to work and what's not hmm, interesting anything else there super fan and one more that we should look at before we <laughs> well, they were talking again about uh, the nine people that are, are uh, covid positive um patrick penguin again says if it's nine guys in special teams that might be a blessing so- <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, was- dear. <laughs> Uh, we might feel a little negative about the special teams these days. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's, you know what? Uh, it hasn't been like, especially like the returning aspect of it, it hasn't been good since uh, Kendall, right? Kendall Lawrence was yeah. the last 15. one, right? Yes. Yeah. So, and I remember the year because he had a couple against Toronto. I was on Toronto at that time. I remember, you know, he had a couple against us, and man, that's been the last time there was some return yardage on, on special teams, right? Yeah, and, and who was the special teams Craig, coordinator then? Craig Dickinson. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's really good. Haven't seen a turnover on defense either. Ken Ludwig brought that mm, up. Good point, When's yeah. To come? Yeah, yeah. We thought we got one there the other day and then not yep. so much. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Turnovers are going to be huge. So, uh, all right, let's get to our pick-ems. Um, we'll just uh, go through this rather quickly. Sorry, Tay. I know I said I wouldn't be that long, but we've really chatted this evening. Um, all good. Okay, uh, first game, well, it's not ours, uh, Hamilton versus Montreal uh, on Friday night. Uh, this one is in Montreal. Uh, Tay, I'll start with you. Who do you got in that game? Hamilton. Hamilton, they're 0-2, almost like you know Calgary when they're on 2 and it, it didn't matter what quarterback they had in there. The desperation was there. They're not going to go 0-3, I can almost guarantee it. Like They had a bye week to fix all their – not all their mistakes, but to, to kind of rectify what was going wrong, they got. I think Braylon Addison is going to be back, and I felt like that was a big key that they were Not missing. Huge. 
the, yeah, mm. the downfield ability and, uh, you know, just they're not going to go in three. I can almost guarantee it. All right. Super fan. Yeah, I actually picked Hamilton in this one as well. I thought with the bye week, they were able to get a few things sort of organized. Uh, Masoli settled down and uh, I think he'll still be the starter over Dane. Um, and, uh, you know, they've certainly seen a lot from Calgary on what to do versus Montreal. So I think Hamilton's going to take it. True. Commissioner. Do I switch to now saying Mad Mazzoli? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, I love watching Montreal play. It's such a treat. Even when they beat us, I was like, you know what? Well-deserved. That was a wicked game. Um, But I, again, it's a stupid Calgary thing. Are they really going to go 0-3? Probably not. So uh, I always pick Hamilton, and I feel like that's so boring, but I'll pick him again, Hamilton. All right. Well, then I am going to be the one that is out of the box then because uh, I'm going with Montreal. I think they I think they bounce back in their home opener. Um, and uh, although Hamilton will have fixed a lot of issues, I don't think they can fix them all quite yet. That that offensive line is needing some help. So uh, against that very stout Montreal defensive line, uh, I think it uh, could be a tough. I think it'll be a close one, but I, I'm going to give that to the home team and 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 say that Montreal that Vernon. And Adams Jr. kind of recovers and and starts looking for his shorter reads and, and uh, drops some balls off and makes it down the field. That was also title of the podcast. Um, BC versus Ottawa in the nation's capital. It is the Red Blacks home opener. Super fan. Who do you got in this game? I'm just looking at my picks now. I actually took BC in this one. I think that uh, Mike really? Riley is going to. Uh, yeah, I've been going for the underdogs here. Yeah, um, I think that yeah, Mike Riley is going to sort of rally the troops. Uh, he's just been getting physically healthier week after week, and uh, I I think that they could uh, upset uh, the home opener. All right, Commissioner. Yeah, I agree. I I I go with the Lions. I do have a really quick question for you, Tay. Is Ottawa hard to play in that stadium? It is. It is when they're good because their their fans like they understand football and they'll get loud at the right times. Like second down, they'll get really loud. Um, and it's it's it seems like it's always an advantage for the home team. Like they're in SAS. Like SAS might be the hardest place to play, um, but uh, SAS and and Ottawa once when they're really good, so much hard to play. But you know what? I will say they make football look like. Like real, like fun, like the fans, like they have mm-hmm. so much fun in that stadium. There are people, like it's like a summertime event to be at that stadium. So, a lot of cool things. And then they got the they got the the red black mascot. Like every not first down, every touchdown, he's like cutting wood. And it's like it's such a cool tradition that they have. Um, the announcers do a great job. Of like you know, every first down, like they they will make the the first down. So yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool place to play and, um, uh, no it's tough it's tough for sure i Doesn't know the case, uh, but... yeah i know the audio bite we're gonna pull out of this uh particular <laughs> podcast to use in later podcasts uh tay who do you got in this one bc um for sure bc's defense looks stout man they've been they've been doing a great job and um like no matter who the quarterback is they, they've been doing a great job like you said mike has been getting michael has been getting healthier it's so hard. I feel like it is. that's the hardest switch to make when you've been calling someone a certain name for 10 years, the high-profile guy, then you got to call him a different name. But it's for a good reason. Um, yes. But I see the announcer struggling with it every sure. week. Yeah. Michael Riley, um, he's getting he's getting 
He's getting stronger every week. I, I, I think they're just too strong. And I don't trust – I love Matt Nichols, but he doesn't look the same, uh, Matt Nichols, like we saw in, in Winnipeg. Um, their defense is really good, though. That's the one thing. Like, you saw – I mean, that game, they shouldn't – it should have been a blowout against Sass, but that defense kept them in it um, to the end. So, uh, BC, for sure. All right, I'm going to make that a sweep. I'll pick BC oh. as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, diverting. Come on. Uh, last game, it was fun. This one, not so much. Okay, then uh, Calgary versus Winnipeg, which I think could be the game of the week. It's going to be very interesting. Commissioner, who do you got in that one? Opposite. Winnipeg. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. Love it. Uh, I am going to go with Winnipeg as well. I think they bounce back. That defense is just unreal in Winnipeg. I think it should be rather interesting. Nate, who do you got? Uh, I'll go Calgary. This mayor guy, they're going to have so much film on him. He's gonna, is this the game? I think he'll, he'll struggle a bit. I mean, it's always interesting when a new quarterback comes in there because Defensive coordinators don't know how to play them, and they, they have no film on them. So once they get the film and they're able to adjust, that's when you know they you see that the, the true quarterback come out. So I expect them to struggle a little bit more this game. That was a uh, nice callback to the beginning of the show when you were talking about pranks. Well done, uh, <laughs> super fan. Yeah, I'm going Winnipeg here as well. Um, the Calgary offensive line did face a pretty strong defensive line in Montreal, but it's not. Jackson, Jeff Coat, and Willie Jefferson, and I mean we're yeah. talking defensive players of the year here. Um, I, I just don't see how they're now. Let me tell you, said you've got film on Mayor. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's going to be Winnipeg all the way. All right, and uh, now usually we do an Elks prop bet here, but I think we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. The Elks prop bet this week: Do they play or do they not? Oh, ever? Uh, or I meant this week. I meant okay. this week. In the next yeah. seven or ten days? Correct. No, no chance. No, no chance. chance. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the if they up. have nine dudes with coach, like, uh, there's going to be more, of course, because not like it's just the chances of you talking to someone else, and you know, once the te- the full testing comes out, there's going to be more. Like, can we kind of saw that with remember um, Vancouver, the Canucks? Yes. From, like a like a smaller team, but like mostly every single person on the team had it. Yeah. Um, and if you have COVID, so nine guys, like we've seen that this year, you that's at least two games that you miss if you have COVID, right? So uh, definitely, I mean, what kind of team are you putting out there? And then like if there you have like stars that, you know, have, like what if your entire defensive line has COVID? Like who, who's going to be playing right. defense like Sean White? Uh, like, or, you know what I mean? Like, what, <laughs> what, what do you do, right? So I'd, uh, I'd pay to see that. I mean, we'd lose, but I'd pay to see I it. love Sean, yeah. but I, I don't like yeah. his chances here. Uh, <laughs> he's good at his job. Uh, so I don't know. I don't I don't think they play just nine guys on any professional team to miss that many guys in, in one week. It's it's tough. And not to mention the guys that maybe yeah, are in Four guys, they said. Four guys. Core guys. Core guys. Okay. Core yeah. guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. that's a lot. Okay. Uh super fan. That's a tough one. Uh without yeah. getting a chance to really practice. Um, and you've got to make it work with uh with Toronto. Um mm-hmm. I think October is the next real opportunity they've got, and I think that they're gonna try and look to put it there. So I'm gonna say no. Okay. Commissioner? 
As in forfeiting this game or completely moving it? Just moving just it not to playing Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like forfeiting and just taking the L. But that's what they're <laughs> no, going to have to do. playing this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'll be optimistic and say sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I agree with Mike. I think it'll be pushed to later in the season. That's what I, that's what I think they'll do and, and see how it plays out. But, uh, but I mean, it, it, it's early enough, but it could even affect the Labor Day game. And that will be interesting if that, if it comes to that, but, uh, that's, yeah, that, that's a whole other thing. We'll, we'll see how that, that all goes. Um, all right. Before we get uh, to finding all the things about where everybody finds you, Tay, and all those fun things. This episode is also brought to you by the Alberta Association of Optometrists, proudly celebrating a century of caring for Albertans. One in four school-aged kids has a vision problem, yet 80% of learning is visual for a child. That's why booking family eye exams with an optometrist helps ensure learning success. You can't detect hidden eye problems, but your optometrist can. Alberta health coverage towards annual eye exams is available until your child's 19th birthday. The Alberta Association of Optometrists represents almost 800 doctors of optometry in over 80 communities across the province. Members are highly trained, regulated health professionals who provide primary eye health and vision care to Albertans. Learn more and book your family eye exams at optometrists.ab.ca. Tay, thank you so much for coming and joining us and sharing some laughs and some stories. And uh, as as we kind of plod through this week so far, uh, really appreciate you taking all the time, man. And I know it's super late out there. So thank you very much for coming. Uh, where does everybody find you and where do they get to listen to you do these wonderful broadcasts now? Anytime. Uh, you guys are like family to me. Um, appreciate my time in Edmonton. So anytime I can talk to anyone from Edmonton, I'm all game. Uh, you can find me at, uh, for every Argo game, TSN 1050, um, live with Mike Hogan. Uh, we do all home games and pretty much all Ontario games. So Hamilton, I'm not sure about Ottawa, but Hamilton for sure. So you can catch us there. Um, the All Ball Podcast will be back this fall. Oh, yes. Nice. Got a great lineup. Got a great lineup of guys, you know, NBA, NFL, NHL. So it's going to be fun. Uh, and on that Twitter, uh, underscore Tay Levin, um, and Instagram, the Tay J3. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, super fan. Where does everybody find you? As they can find me at 56 Parkies on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, then they can find the history segment uh, at EDM history. It's H I S T O R double E. More you follow me. I'm going to, I'm going to follow that again. Okay. <laughs> you should. Yeah, it's very <laughs> For good. sure. Uh, Commissioner. Uh, on Twitter at Duchess Lombardi. I'm simple. I'm just the one. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you know what, though? Uh, lots of excellent Stinger stuff this weekend. So that was amazing. Well, just the one that I make public anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But it was still still all very good. It's all very good. Uh, make sure you guys are following Pay It Forward with football. Uh, they are getting everything going again uh, throughout the season. Uh, of course, lots of great shows coming out from the CFPN these days. You can check that out at cfpodnetwork.ca. Uh, I should also send a, a quick shout out and thank you to uh, Ryan, who is setting up the uh, fantasy head to head in uh, um, the CFPN. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. I'm finally off the schneid so i'm one and two uh super fan not so much sorry not so um, much 
a super fan is there and that's exciting all on its own. That's right. Uh, so that's, that's what we get excited about. Um, so yeah, thank you for setting that up and we've got some fun matchups this week. We'll, we'll keep tweeting that stuff out so that you guys can see where we're at. Uh, of course, check out all the great shows on the Alberta podcast network at Alberta podcast network.com. Uh, and of course you can join the huddle, uh, with us at the turf district on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, of course, uh, which is where we usually are when we're getting into a game. So, uh, if we have a game this week, Follow us there and join in the conversation. Uh, thanks to all of you. We will be back next week to talk something. Um, probably more news than anything. Lots of history next week. Get excited about yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> and we'll we'll find another amazing guest. Not as amazing as Nate, but we'll still have another amazing <laughs> guest. And uh, we will talk all things uh, going on in the CFL and the Elks. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, for Tay... Commissioner Kayla and Superfan Mike, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely talk to you next week. Bye.